2: NFL Food for Thought podcast. We are getting down toward the end. The divisional round has concluded. We're heading into conference championship week. And before you know it, the Super Bowl is here. Will Priester, it is bittersweet, but it kind of just keeps getting more exciting towards the end of the year.
3: Absolutely, man. Uh, Here's what I will say. Um, I think mostly what we expected to happen this season has happened like in a general sense, right? Kansas City's still one of the best teams in the NFL. And as the Eagles were playing throughout the season, I think we felt like they were one of the best teams in the NFL as the San Francisco 49ers made the trade, got McCaffrey, but were playing well even before then. I think we started to decide, figure out that they were one of the better teams in the NFL and the Bengals, you know, uh, Maybe it's up for debate if you want to say Bills or or Bengals. I, I kind of started siding with the Bengals late. Um, and I think we saw that. I, I feel like the best teams in the NFL actually made it to the AFC and NFC championships this year. But that, I think we were getting what we should get.
1: The I, four I, best
3: I, teams are there in the end. Now who, who comes out on top who has the best game plan? I don't know, but I think this is. I think this is good for the NFL when the best teams get there. Like if the Jaguars would have upset the Kansas City Chiefs because of a Patrick Mahomes injury, I don't think we would have been thrilled about an AFC Championship between the Bills and Bengals. I just. I don't think it has the same lure, if you will, especially when the Bengals were able to get there again this year. So this is I, this is this is good. This is good. I think
2: it's tough to say in hindsight with everything we just saw the last month and a half, it's tough to like rewind to September one. I think we're getting the best teams that are playing the best football. Now, if you go back to like, you know, September 10th, the day before kickoff or whatever it was, you think, okay, on paper, the the bills and the chiefs were probably a, a slight leg up from the Bengals, you know, despite the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl you know, from a talent perspective. But then we saw some deficiencies and, of course, injuries happen and some other things. Yeah, And I think I agree with, like, 80% of your sentiment you're echoing here that I think we're getting the teams that are playing the best ball that are in the dance that are left, and that's super exciting. I think, like, nobody's fraudulent that's left. And we talk all season about the same teams and the talking heads on national media about the same teams. Are they frauds? Are they not frauds? You know, we found out that Minnesota was winning games, but they had their own deficiencies. They had a fantastic season. They were a lot of fun. There were some deficiencies there. We saw that the Giants have plenty, plenty of problems. Um, very competitive football team and well coached, but they have some deficiencies that were certainly exposed as well. And we're going to get to all of this. But
3: before, can, 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 can I can I piggyback off of that statement? Well, yeah, of course. So, so here. here's the thing, right? So, frauds, I, I think fraud's perhaps the media maybe using that word the wrong way. Let me tell you why I say this. I don't think Minnesota were frauds, but they weren't the best team in the NFL. And so when you are when you win that many games, what happens is you have to be compared with Philly and Dallas and San Francisco. Like that, that's what has to happen. But I don't think they were frauds because they just weren't the best team in the NFL. You, you get what I'm saying? Like they weren't a top three team. But they were, so they weren't frauds. Like, they won and, 12 games. They just they just weren't.
2: How many variables affect everything, Chief? Because, like, in these games of chess and strategy and all these major sports that we cover, coaching matters the most in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. So if one team goes in with a terrible game plan, if it was altered differently, we could see a totally different outcome, right? I mean, you can, like, we are only seeing the chess pieces that are controlled so much, right? Like Brock Purdy is only checking out of so many plays that Kyle Shanahan's calling, you know? So right. it's amazing how many, I'm, I'm not saying Minnesota had a bad game plan or the coaching was poor. I'm just uh, like casting a wider net as to how many things go into trying to win one Football game with four quarters. We don't get a series here. It's not like the NBA, the NHL, MLB. You can't have one bad game in the playoffs. You can't make one stupid play in the playoffs. You just can't erase any of that. That's why we're addicted to the NFL, buddy. <laughs> That's why yeah. everyone tuned in cannot get enough of it. Despite, listen, the NFL's given us 50 reasons to stop watching them or want to stop watching them in the past decade for one reason or another. You bring in politics, you bring in, uh, like, Roger Goodell making bad decisions. So many things have happened and we keep coming back for more. And you know what? It is what it is. And I have completely, um, completely, like, I I know my self-awareness here. I know I'm a football head and it's not going to change, you know. Roger Goodell could call me an asshole to my face and I'd still watch his product every week because I love football. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it, man. Um, But without further ado, like you guys should check out scoresnods.com if you haven't. We already have picks up for conference championship week. Chief has been pumping out a lot of good prop stuff there. You know, great neefers over there, Brick Divine, Noto, uh and we have a bunch of scoresnods handicappers who aren't exactly affiliated with Roto Grinders but are really good and popular throughout the industry. Last week we had Alpha Dog bets on the show. The guy's got like 30,000 Twitter followers. He's so sharp. Uh, Analytics Capper, our guy AC over there. He's on VEASAN all the time. Uh, We have so many. um, you know, Ryan Reed, who does Behind the Lines with Dean. And Dean does picks too. Dean from Grinders Live. Dean does picks for us. I mean, the whole crew's over there. We have so much talent. You should check out scoresnaz.com. And, of course, Parlay IQ uh, for NFL and NBA are both live, and they're free. So if you want to check out Parlay IQ, if you're into single-game betting, this stuff correlates your bet slips. It is fantastic. There's so much simple math at your fingertips with Parley IQ that it calculates for you without really moving a muscle. So definitely check us out at scoresnods.com. I know we're going to have a mess load of picks and props for the next couple of games that we have left. And uh, I'm really excited, Chief. So I know we had a lot of action last week. I'll let you steer the ship for us. Where do you want to begin?
3: Well, I think, I think we just start with um... – Let's start with the Saturday games. Um, Chiefs-Jaguars, because I think we can kind of cover them all this weekend. We will not have to sit on all of them. But the Chiefs win 27-20. to And, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes picking up an injury, in my opinion, changed the trajectory of how that game was going to be played. Uh, we did see Chad Henney come in and, and you know, put together a, a long, a long scoring drive for the Chiefs, which, which basically kept kept them alive and kept them afloat uh, until Mahomes came back after the half. I think we saw some of the youth of the Jaguars at quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, you know, have costly turnovers at the end of the game. Um, you know, Jamal Agnew catches a ball, spins around fumble. They, they lose that possession. They, they were inside the 20 at that point too, Luke. So that, that was a big one um, that, that really, I think set them up to lose the game, but then, you know, Lawrence throws an interception late. And so, the Chiefs escape 27 to 20. I only use the word escape because clearly Patrick Mahomes was not healthy. But what here's what they did. They said, look, we, we can't have the same exact game plan. Isaiah Teco ends up running for a massive, I mean, ends up with a massive workload, and that's what they needed to do to win the game. And I think they did that. But you know, hats off to the Jaguars, obviously, who you know played tough at the beginning of the season, took their lumps. And, and granted, things had to fall their way. The Titans got worse as the season went along, due to injury, due completely due to injury. And what I will say is, and I know we're talking about this game. And I'm kind of backtracking, but if if the quarterback doesn't get hurt in Tennessee, I think Tennessee wins the division, don't, don't you? Like I, I don't think Tennessee loses loses the division if they don't have just massive injuries. Feels like. At every important position on the field, like it's just—I just, Chief, I, I you're just telling,
2: you're telling me it's the second I, I so, season that the Tennessee Titans have led the league in bodies used.
3: Yeah, so, I don't. So, no, so, so I, you know, I, I'm going to give Jacksonville their props, but clearly, tail being out and half the defense being out, and it just—it
2: it every week, it, it every it, week der- it derailed every their season. season. Two straight yeah. years as a fan, and I'm pretty unbiased. Like people ask me when I think Tennessee. They're always interested when Tennessee's a long shot, but kind of competitive and they sneak in and people ask me questions. This was not the year. I'm glad that I don't want to say I'm glad that didn't get in the Josh Dobbs, uh, you know, tuck rule, whatever you want to call it. I, I still kind of think wasn't in completion, but I I think the Jaguars were healthier and posed a better threat to win a championship than the Titans. So I'm, I don't have any qualms with Jacksonville getting in. However, I do think that division is going to be competitive next season. I, you know, it's, I love Rand Carthon, by the way, uh, that Tennessee brought in from the 49ers tree to be their new GM. And I, I don't think Tennessee's not competitive, you know, whether you bring Tannehill back or whatever happens, if you bring in Tom Brady, or I don't know. Traylon Burks wasn't even healthy. We saw him flash this season. A.J. Brown, that was the wrong move. Whatever former GM John Robinson should have done uh, to keep A.J. Brown, absolutely. But Derrick Henry is not last a step yet. So I, I think as long as you have Derrick Henry... If the defense gets healthy, when that defense was healthy, Chief, they were pretty good. And um, I think it's going to be a real dogfight between the Jags and the Titans. Now, this isn't a Titans podcast, thank God. But I do agree with you. The Jaguars made a huge leap. I think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence take another leap next season. He's getting, he's yeah, going to get should. Calvin. The wild card's Calvin Ridley in that offense when
3: he comes back. Listen, I mean, who's going to stop that? You've got Calvin Ridley. You'll have Christian Kirk. You'll have Zay Jones. Marvin Jones is probably still going to be there, but he's going to be the odd man out. And you've got Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne. Like, you're going to have to pick your poison with that team. Trevor's just going to have to make good decisions. And I know we were kind of talking about divisional round, but I'm glad this opened up. I've got a question for you, Luke, because I I think that the Titans need to do something, and but I understand it's their identity, right? I want to pose this to you as a fan. And then and you can just kind of let me know what you think. I think Titans need to change their offense. I think they've got to catch up with the times. And what all that means is, I think you can still run Derrick Henry the same amount of times you run him, but I think you got to open this offense up and get a little bit more creative with the passing game. Run some four wide spreads and still hand Henry the ball. Halfback draws. Like, I think we got to get away from the extreme power run game and just catch up with the NFL a little bit. And, and dare I say, Derrick Henry may rush for 2,000 again. He'll have more running lanes. I, I just got yeah. your thoughts with Tennessee. What do you think? Because the defense is fine if they're healthy. The offense right. has got to catch up.
2: Well, they made all the right moves. And I, I didn't expect to segue here. Believe it or not, this wasn't in the script, folks. And I opened the show saying there's so many variables and coaching matters. Tennessee did the right things they had to do. They fired their GM before the season was over, and I was a a John Robinson stand for a while, but he botched the A.J. Brown situation. That's fine. As soon as they were eliminated from the playoffs, within 24 hours, they fired offensive coordinator Todd Downing who could not get it done. I know they've dealt with a ton of injuries on the offensive line. You know, they lost Taylor Luan in the beginning of the season. They lost Ben Jones for like six games. They had some injuries. Traylon Burks wasn't healthy. I get it. But uh, Downing had two seasons. And before that, who were the two offensive coordinators in Tennessee who had a similar scheme, Chief? It wasn't a complete air raid attack, but it was play action. Things were explosive uh, when it was through the air. It was Matt LaFleur, who became the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and the the offense was pretty good. And then it was Arthur Smith, who became the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, everybody wants to shit on Arthur Smith because he couldn't get Kyle Pitts involved, and I understand that. (laughs) But the Titans led the league in points (laughs) the game under Arthur Smith during the tenure there, uh, either either first or second. Uh, And it showed. It showed. They were the one seed before they choked to the Bengals in 2022. So I think you can have this, you know, g- ground attack, you know, this ground-based attack as long as it's creative. It was completely stale under Todd Downing. There was no motion. There was no complicated sets. The personnel he used was awful. So I think whoever Tennessee brings in uh, to be the, become the offensive coordinator, and right now the the favorite is an uh, in-house candidate, um, Tim Kelly, who uh, was with Houston. He was actually pretty good. It's only going to be an upgrade. Now, you look at the 49ers and you look at the Eagles, you think of these sexy offenses. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what. They both run the ball at a top seven rate in the league. So you can run the ball at a, to a high degree and have a ton of volume and still have explosive offenses. So I think the blueprint is still there for Tennessee. I think it, it's a lot of schematics and, and a lot of – Uh, intricacies that need to be involved because you think of the 49ers and you think of the Eagles and you're like, wow, these offenses can put up points with anybody, but they run the ball so much. Kyle Shanahan is is the best offensive schemer and arguably play caller in the league. So he's able to get his guys open off misdirection and play fakes. And it's beautiful. Uh, And the Eagles running a bunch of RPOs and play action in their own right and getting, you know, uh, the one-on-one matchups on the outside and using bunch formations and, and things that are not stale. So I think you can still run the ball in the league. You just have to be creative, and I think Philadelphia and San Francisco are a perfect blueprint uh, to that degree. Now, when you look at the Chiefs and you look at and you look at Buffalo, those are two teams that just want to throw the football all over the all over the field. I will credit Cincinnati; they stick to the run game even when they can't run, uh, because it still helps Joe Burrow open things up to T. Higgins and how good has Hayden Hurst been, and of course, Jamar Chase. But getting back to that Chiefs-Jags game before we move on, I think the Chiefs cover pretty easily if Mahomes doesn't get hurt. It's clear that they were very limited with what he did in the second half. The Chiefs won, they didn't cover. That first drive, the opening drive that Mahomes had and they went right down the football field, I feel feel like I'm a recency-biased guy saying this or I feel like a fish saying this. That might have been a top three Patrick Mahomes drive that I've watched. He was so good on that opening drive, evading pressure, spinning around, jump past it. Like he was epic on that opening drive when Kansas City scored. I can, I am. It actually kind of broke my heart a little bit that he didn't get that he that he did get hurt because I thought we were going to see just a historic performance from Mahomes on that drive. Listen, they got the job done. Andy Reid's not stupid, like you said. They had to flip the bill. You're not going to tell Mahomes to not play because he's your leader. He's the heartthrob. As good as Chad Henney was, you're not going to tell Patrick Mahomes to not get in the football game. But you can change the game plan a little bit. And they smashed and dashed with Pacheco, and he was fantastic, like you said, and they got yeah. the job. done. We'll see how how that ankle heals up in the next week or so. But uh, I think that was a real, a real gutsy win by Kansas City, regardless of who's on the other side, who was on the other side there.
3: Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, I I think that was the right call. Um, I just it, it's what they had to do, and I, I'm with you. So here's the thing, man. I was a little bummed about my props this weekend um, because Patrick Mahomes getting hurt. Like, if you look at the game, um, they everybody was everybody was running the ball. Um. In the third quarter, because it was still like a kind of close game. But look, look, man, I just. Kansas City's the real deal, but so Cincinnati. And that, that's why I'm, I'm saying I want to start the show out saying that I think we're.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: We're going to see some really good football this weekend. I totally agree. It's amazing how
2: much when you're sports betting and you have to stick to your guns because there's so much smoke and, and so much content everywhere in our industry, in the, in the national media now, it's, it's still a little bizarre to be flipping on ESPN and seeing over-unders and spreads on the TV, you know, next to where it says Bills versus Chiefs, 730, and then it's like minus six. It's still – it's still kind of fascinating that we're here finally, you know, 15 years ago, sports betting was completely frowned upon. It would never be on major TV networks. Now they're all begging for it. Um, but yeah, you know, the money, the money, the bills went to minus five and a half. The money was going heavy on Buffalo. The narrative was that the Bengals were missing all these linemen. Um, and that even concerned me a little bit, but you know, I, so like if you followed us last week, I think I said, I think I said Bills win, but Bengals cover. Uh, And I don't bet a bunch of money lines unless I, you know, I've stringed some parlays together. Uh, I said, I said Giants, Giants cover, but Eagles win. I was really wrong there. And then uh, I think I had San Fran straight up and covering. So, I mean, not the worst calls, but, you know, it's amazing how much you have to really trust your own process when you're handicapping Um, because, that Bengals line seemed ridiculous, and it turned out to be that it was, right?
3: Yeah, like, listen, listen. On the show, and I think we talked about it last week, like, that became my favorite bet of the week, uh, Luce. Bengals plus five and a half. And I'm sitting here, and I think if you listen to this show, like like I told you, Luce, and I think we were talking about last week, I expected the Bengals to win that game straight up, period. <laughs> like, I didn't think Buffalo was going to win at all. And so, you know, when you get lines like that, especially with your conviction, you just, you have to roll it. You know what I mean? And, you know, it worked it worked out in our favor. Now, here's what didn't work out in our favor. Giants plus seven and a half. My God, the Eagles just, who smoked them. And I guess we can move on to that because it looks like the Giants still have plenty of work to do. Um, I, ju- I did see a report today where they're going to be committed to Daniel Jones. Um, that and, and I'm not sure if that means they give him the franchise tag or they come to some form of a long-term deal. Now, he's not going to get Dak Prescott money, and he's not going to get uh, Patrick Mahomes' money. He's not going to get you know Lamar Jackson money whenever he gets his money. He's not going to get uh, Aaron Rodgers' money. But, so I'm just trying to figure out where he views himself and where the organization views him because it feels like this could possibly be a chance for the quarterback market to get reset and what i mean by reset is in the right way whereas when a guy's not elite we don't pay him elite money we give him a nice contract but we're not giving you patrick mahomes but you're not patrick mahomes you give him so i'm interested to see how this turns out but i'm not going to diminish the Giants' season they were a better team than philly but they did have a much improved season. I think everybody in that building feels good about where they are. I think they feel good about the coaching hire. It, f- it seems like they finally got it right. And what do you know? Maybe Dave Gettleman was right by taking Daniel Jones. I still don't. I still don't think so. For what it's worth, I think they could have gotten a better quarterback. But Daniel Jones has proven that he's definitely NFL caliber, and. In the with the right coaching, Saquon stays healthy. Well, Alert, they, they, they,
1: they still, still got to
3: go and get another receiver. Like, they, they're not going to be able to survive with Richie James and Hodge. They got to get somebody. But if they're healthy, they're okay.
2: Guess who's a free agent? Saquon Barkley, Chief. So what do you do yeah. there? Well, it's a weird situation.
3: Here's what you do. Here's what you do. And I'm sorry I cut you off. I'll be quiet right after this. No, you're good. <laughs> Sean Payton interviewed with the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers need to do whatever they can do to get Sean Payton. Sean Payton then calls up the Giants and says, hey, we want Saquon. Saquon becomes Alvin Kamara. We get us a quarterback. We win a championship. That's what they need to do, Britt. That's that's the full – I mean, not Britt. Jeez, Luch. That's the full scope of this. Hire Sean Payton in Carolina. Sean Payton gets on the phone. He calls the Giants. I don't care if we've got to give up uh, DJ Moore. Give up DJ Moore. We'll get a receiver in the draft. And I, I don't dislike DJ Moore for what it's worth. That's not what this is about. It's about how do we get back to premier level talent and coaching. That how you do doing. That, that's, now, that's me being a fan, folks. So you can just laugh at me. That's my wishful thinking.
2: So the Giants – Hodgkin's is a great story. Richie James and Slayton are fine, like wide receiver threes. I know Cager had a breakout kind of late season push here. Bellinger's okay. Saquon's a free agent. They need to spend some money. Dare I say, oddly enough, that it's kind of a blessing that Daniel Jones didn't have a Nick Foles run and carry the Giants to the Super Bowl for reasons that you said. They're not going to have to pay him as much. Because the jury is still out. I think it's ridiculous that people were claiming that he was an elite quarterback after the Vikings game. The Vikings pass defense was horrendous. And then the lack of weapons that the Giants have was completely exposed. And we saw some rough edges around Daniel Jones's game still. I can't blame the guy, though, with the weapons that he has. That's really cute that he has a really good running back. But, uh, you know. What do you expect from the guy? He had 15 touchdown passes this season. I know he's great with his legs. Another dynamic there. But we can't say that he's elite. Now, you and I agree he has potential to be a top half of the league quarterback. And I think you could win a Super Bowl with a top half of the league quarterback. He's probably top
3: half right now, to be honest. He's probably top half right now.
2: He might be. But you're going to have to bring some people in. Kenny Galladay was a fail. So I think the fact that you're not going to have to give him the bag you can give him like half the bag, financially is a good thing. I think you stick with Daniel Jones because I think he's still growing. We saw one year with Dable. You know, you could have made it. You could have made a case for for Jones that he was that you know the previous coaching staffs broke him. Uh, you know, and he was almost unfixable. Like, yeah, thank Jackson God, Raid. thank Jackson God, Raid. Doug Peterson was the perfect fit in Jacksonville because I, you know, you couldn't have blamed Trevor Lawrence if he didn't pan out or if he grew the wrong way from a football standpoint and at a pro level with Urban Meyer and whatever the hell that was. So I think there's upside with Daniel Jones. I don't think he's ever going to be a top-five quarterback, but I think he could be a top-ten. I think he could have top-ten quarterback seasons, and I think he could win a Super Bowl as a top-ten quarterback in a given season. But, yes, the defense played better. Still needs some help there. But you got to bring in somehow – you got to invest in some weapons on offense for Daniel Jones, the right weapons. You and I talk about it time after time. All these organizations that make the bold moves, typically, to bring in some serious hope for a quarterback that they believe in prosper. The Chiefs went out and got Juju, right? They got Juju. They got Valdez Scantling. They draft some running backs in the draft to uh, you know help out Mahomes. Pacheco uh, was fantastic. Look at Jacksonville. They bring in an entire new receiving corps. Right, Ty, Jay like, Jones, Calvin Ridley next year, Evan Ingram.
3: I mean, but, but and let's let's talk about that like like for thirty seconds. And I've already mentioned it, but I don't think people realize how good this these receivers are going to be next season. Calvin Ridley, like, who are they going to cover? Like that—that's my question. Who who are you going to cover in Jacksonville next season when you've got those? Because those three guys are going to be on the field in like eleven personnel. It's going to be Ridley, it's going to be Kirk, it's going to be Zay Jones. And all of those guys, believe it or not, can move around because like when, when Ridley was in Atlanta, Julio was still there. Christian Kirk's been on teams with DeAndre Hopkins and, and guys like that. Zay Jones has been on teams with where he's the third option. So think about this. like Evan Ingram was on bad, a bad Giants team. Who are you gonna cover in Jacksonville when all those guys are there? Somebody should be open, running wild all the time. Oh, don't forget, Travis Etienne's in the field as well. Good
2: luck, good luck manning up against
3: the Jaguars. Good it's gonna to be tough. It's, it's, and, and all those guys have enough speed as well. Like that's the other thing. They they've all got so Kirk have Kirk and, and Ridley have some size and speed. Zay Jones has got some size and speed but the common denominator is they all have speed speed kills.
2: I agree. The AFC South's going to be fun and we'll see whatever yeah. the hell the Colts do. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck to the Colts.
1: Uh, you yeah. know, hopefully
2: we uh, have the Greenland to do a draft special again, because this crop of quarterbacks and who's going to trade up or trade down. It's going to be phenomenal to talk about in about a month and a half, two months from now. So that should be exciting. Um, Okay, so the Eagles did what the Eagles do. And, you know, on the flip side of that game, Jalen Hurts didn't have to be in his full bag. You know, we saw him scramble. We saw him willingly take some hits, which was encouraging from a health standpoint. You know, before that game, the Eagles dropped to, like, 5-1 to, to win the Super Bowl, which was kind of crazy. And, you know, they made enough plays. Devontae Smith and got it were good. But the run game, like, I actually just wrote up the under for the Niners-Eagles game. It's 45-and-a-half. Both teams run the ball at a top seven rate. The Eagles, you know, they have this running gun offense, but but the run game and the play action and the RPO set it up. They set up these explosive plays. The Eagles are going to want to run the ball. That's for sure. And Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, who scores every game against the Giants, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, they look fantastic against the Giants. And I think, you know, I, I think, first of all, the San Francisco 49ers are not the Minnesota Vikings. So I think it is going to be a very interesting matchup schematically and strategically uh, between the Niners and Eagles. But before we jump into uh, talking about these two championship games, we gotta talk about the we gotta talk about Dak Prescott, Dallas, and of course the Niners of Brock Birdie here. We saw a slugfest chief 19 to 12. San Fran uh, covered the spread at minus four. And just a slobber knocker of an old school. Type football game here yet again another season the Cowboys don't reach the NFC championship the Niners are back regardless of who's behind center for them which speaks testament to Kyle Shanahan and that offense and before we talk about the negatives I think the positives and this is going to hit home with you not that you're upset about it but because you've seen Christian McCaffrey play so much down there in the Carolinas firsthand that amazing When you bring a Ferrari into a high-end garage, it is amazing (laughs) how many more things you can even do with an offense in a creative play caller. The things that he allows Kyle Shanahan and that offense to do, as if Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk paired with an elite play caller wasn't enough. You bring in a guy that can line up anywhere on the damn football field and do whatever he wants with that football. It's almost unfair. It's almost unfair, the flexibility that the 49ers have offensively, that you can keep winning with a guy like Brock Purdy, who is serviceable. But we saw Jimmy Garoppolo look great in that scheme. We saw Brock Purdy. He's undefeated as a starter right now. And I can't say that it was an electric offensive performance, but the Dallas defense is pretty good. They applied a lot of pressure all game. 49ers got it done. I know McCaffrey didn't have this ceiling game but his presence on the football field is is noted like it just from the eye test even it just opens up so much chief
3: yeah absolutely um i so the 49ers are the real deal obviously um i don't i don't think there's any 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 doubt about that and i think we saw you know what in a sense how how good of a coach cal shanahan is i think that's what this san francisco season is about to be honest with you it's not i don't even think it's about any of those players if i'm saying from from my standpoint like clearly the players are going to go out and play but if you don't think shout cal shanahan should probably be the coach of the year this season I, I don't i don't know what to tell you like I look dable's done a great job um Doug Peterson did a great job. I mean, listen, these guys did great jobs. Name me one coach that goes down to their third-string quarterback and pretty much comes out of the NFC and it could possibly be going to the Super Bowl. Name me one coach that goes to their third-string quarterback, Luch. Literally. And I, 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 honestly, I honestly feel like there may only be one and there may, in fact, be none that goes to their third-string quarterback mm-hmm. Now, granted, their season was set up for success with the schedule at the end, but he still had to go out and win the games. Name me one, and if if you can, then we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. But I I think Cal Shanahan should be, be just off that alone.
2: I can't really argue. The only other name you mentioned, Doug Peterson. The um the other name, and like, I don't know if I would have said this five weeks ago, but it's Zach Taylor. To get back here, again, I know I know that he has a ton of weapons at his disposal, but um, the defense wasn't always highly touted, but he has that defense playing at a really high level. like They're more than good enough, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that. As much as the Bills had deficiencies, the Bengals' defense still played exceptionally well. On the road, in the snow, in Buffalo. So as much as I was impressed with Burrow and the whole offense, how about the friggin' defense, how about the team Zach Taylor has now? Do I think he'll win coach of the year? Probably not, but I think you make a really good point there. Wish but, well,
3: but my and my only argument, man, if Zach Taylor has his third string quarterback, do the Bengals go to the AFC championship? I think the answer is no.
2: No, they also don't have the defense the 49ers have, <laughs>
3: so. correct? Absolutely. We can, nip, but we can, nip, yeah. but they're getting it.
2: they're, they're getting He's it. Said, you're right. If you said Shanahan, Doug Peterson, or Zach Taylor won Coach of the Year, I wouldn't have a problem with any of them, honestly. Um, or Nick Sirianni, man. I mean, I, I know,
3: I, I know. Hey, like, hey, I, I'm with you. I'm with right? you. Like, I can't argue that. My argument, though, I can't argue that. My <laughs> argument is: hear me. You'll get what I'm saying. If Nick Sirianni had had to, had to. have his second-string quarterback the rest of the season, do they go to the NFC Championship?
2: That's a testament to Jalen Hurts, my friend. and the leap he's taken, they catered the offense around his strengths. They bring in A.J. Brown. It's, but it's... My, my,
3: my question is, if he had to have Gardner Minshew starting in week five, six, seven, eight, and Gardner Minshew's got to play the rest of the season, is Philly the number one team in the NFC East, and do they go to the NFC Championship? Maybe. I don't think so.
2: Unlikely, that, but
3: that's, that's my Shanahan argument. me one coach that gets their backups back up and still goes to the, to the NFC Championship or to the championship game. That's but, my argument for Shanahan Coach of the Year, and I don't think he's going to get it. That's my, that's my concern. I don't think Shanahan's getting coach of the year, and I think he's earned it this season. Like, if he hasn't earned it any other season, he's earned it this year. I,
2: I love the fact that the Niners and Eagles are vying to go to the Super Bowl because both of them uh, have very good play callers.
3: Yes, yes, agreed.
2: Both of them made splash moves this season to go yes. all in. AJ Brown and McCaffrey and both of them uh, you know we've seen them the GMs we've seen them and then the whole GM room we've seen them you know John Lynch and Howie Rosen be uber aggressive and we're seeing we're seeing everything kind of work in unison and collectively here everyone's on the same page here right but the Niners, as aggressive as they were, and they bring in Christian McCaffrey, this is a pretty organically built team, you know? Like, I love Fred Warner. I love some of these uh, late-round picks that the Niners have hit on to help build this team, which is partially why I'm really excited for Rand Carthon to join uh, to join Tennessee. Um, you know, like, Demandre Lenore, like, guys like that, I mean, you, you, they built championship-caliber rosters – using every a multitude of assets and strategies you know they hit some late round draft picks they go out and make the trades that a lot of gms are afraid to, to you know bold moves they're afraid to make and we're, we're really seeing both franchises really flourish here and I, I think i think it's really special when everything when everyone in the front office and on the sidelines and the players are all bought in and everyone's on the same page it's rare uh, but it's also good. When Nick Seriani was hired, I was really unsure if he was the right guy for the job. Now I'm certain that he's the only guy for the job in Philly. His demeanor, his presence, his he his attitude is Philadelphia through and through. The players would die for him. They would run through maybe that's the worst analogy ever. I you know what I mean. They'd run yeah. through a damn brick wall for him and while you know, you look at the guy on the sideline and he kind of always has his dopey look he is a very intelligent person, uh, and his football IQ is through the charts. But his demeanor um, and his, you know, he has a little bit of that swagger as well that the players really respect. Yeah, This guy, I hope, is in Philly for the next 10 years because he is Philadelphia, and I think it's a match, a perfect match. Um, you know, him, Jalen Hurts, and, and the whole franchise. I, I think this is a really special uh, NFC Championship game here, and you know you can say you can say the same things uh, for the Chiefs uh, and the Bengals with the way they're constructed. We talk about the Chiefs, right? Of course, you know they've made a bunch of a bunch of moves to bring in some talent to help Mahomes. But let's rewind. H- how about getting Mahomes? How about them mortgaging a ton of assets when they had a fully capable quarterback to grab the kid out of Texas Tech? who people liked but didn't think that he'd be the best quarterback in the NFL, Uh, and you get Patrick Mahomes, and it changes the entire franchise for the next decade. So kudos to these organizations who are in the playoffs, not afraid to make the bold moves. Um, You know, As for Cincinnati, they kind of just – I wouldn't say they've made bold moves, but they kind of have just methodically have made all the right decisions with their draft capital and their free agent signings. Between T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow and lining up that defense, they didn't really make any crazy trades or anyone actually any deals that I can think of off the top of my head. But that front office has methodically pressed all the right buttons over the last five years. So uh, it starts at the top, chief. You got to have the right people upstairs to make this thing work. And you said we have the best four teams on the football field. I think it's a big testament to all the front offices.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, the front office can make or break a team. And that's what's that's what's so crazy about it. Like, think about that. Think about one big trade after another. And, and so let's think about the teams uh that are in the championship that we talked about. San Francisco, obviously you talked about them making the splash. Eagles made the splash over the, the weekend. Um the Kansas City made kind of a reverse splash by, like, not overpaying for Tyreek Hill and allowing him to go somewhere else. You get – you like, they, they they said, look, we, we got to protect our team here. We can't – if we pay Tyreek, then what are we going to do in the offensive line? What are we going to do in the defense? What? So they kind of had to make a reverse splash and kind of just go and get some secondary guys, and Patrick Mahomes still makes it work. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and Cincinnati, even though the offensive line wasn't full strength this season – They've tried to work on improving the offensive line over the past two to three seasons. Like, I, and those aren't the big splashes, but they're doing things to make their teams better long-term. I can't argue with anybody's front office when you're doing that.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, like, not signing Tyreek gave Kansas City flexibility to get Juju, Valdez Scantling, you bring bringing Carlos Dunlap on the other side. So, I I think, you know, again, it's just Mahomes and Andy Reid. You talk about quarterback, coaching pair. Um, When's Eric Panemini going to get a job? I saw the Titans want to have an interview with him. I'm really excited about that. He deserves, you know, whatever he wants to be. Like this guy, I'll poach anybody from the Kansas City tree, right? Like (laughs) if you're involved in that success, come on over, man. So I wouldn't mind seeing him, uh, you know, we talked about, offensive play callers, and we were talking about Tennessee earlier. So uh, imagine that addition if you're Mike Vrabel, I would uh, I would endorse that for sure. But anyway, Dak Prescott, Chief. I know we kind of beat way around the bush there. What's happening? What's happening in Big D? Going to be a lot of questions surrounding Dallas moving forward here.
3: Well, I. so here's the thing. So Marcus Spears from ESPN is a guy that I like because I feel like he keeps it real. You know what I mean? And I feel like he would be, if 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 we were on ESPN, I would probably be the Spears of the show. Here's why I say that, Luge. When the media wants to tell you a lie, Uncle Chief wants to tell you the truth. When the media wants to tell you, as an example, that Aaron Rodgers is Tom Brady, I'm here to make sure that we pump the brakes, right? When the media wants to tell you that Mike McCarthy should be fired, Uncle who comes in and says, hey, listen, the man's won 12 football games this season. He's won this many football games. This has been a winning team since he's been there. Why are we talking about firing this man? Right, and, and, So he comes in and says, hey, 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 like, let's pump the brake. We could be in a much worse situation than Mike McCarthy. You, you know what I mean? Now, why am I saying that? I'm going to give Dak a pass, and I'm going to make him prove me wrong or right next season. And why am I saying that, Luke? This is the worst season that Dak's had since he's been in the NFL in terms of the turnovers, right? So, who he's been most of his career. So, I I don't want to use one season as the measuring stick for his full body of work. I'm going to give Dak Prescott a pass to next season. If we see this continue next season, I'm going to do the same thing with Russell Wilson, believe it or not. And he was bad this year. But let's see what he does with a new coach and possibly some competent coaching, we're going to see. Here's why. We gave Geno Smith a pass. Geno Smith had been bad his whole career, but he looked good this season. He looked much more improving, so we were ready to say that Geno has taken a step forward, right? That's what we were ready to say. I'm going to do the same thing with, with quarterbacks that have been pretty good over their careers, but this season have had, have had a bumpy road. I'm going to give Russell Wilson a pass. I'm going to give Dak Prescott a pass. Turnovers taken care of. And if they're not taken care of next season, and he's not going to go a season clean, but, like, we can't have 10 turnovers in five games. If that happens, like, something's going on. You're muted, I think, Brett.
2: We can make excuses, but we just have to decide which ones that we think are valid. I can give Russell Wilson a pass. Do you know why? Because Nathaniel hackett. That's why. Inept coaching, inept play calling. I, I, I will deem that valid. If we're playing the buy or sell, I'll buy that one. Dak, the more I thought about it, I don't know if Dak was ever 100 percent this season. I don't even know if Dak was playing at 90%. He missed a month. We, we you know we how quickly we're forgetting. We missed a month when Cooper Rush was a thing early in the season. Maybe Dak wasn't all there. Maybe Dak wasn't all there. And you know what? It's kind of, I think you're going to see Buffalo, and I think you're going to see Dallas invest in more playmakers this offseason. Because, boy, I don't know what the Amari Cooper situation was, but what a brutal decision that was getting rid of him. You can make the same argument for Dak Prescott as we were trying to make for Josh Allen last week. If you're playing devil's advocate, you're defending these guys, that after Stephon Diggs and after CeeDee Lamb, what do you got? You got Noah Brown, you bring in T.Y. Hilton. Michael Gallup hasn't proven a damn thing in this league to be a reliable number two other than a downfield threat. Michael Gallup is like Gabe Davis. They're like the same damn thing. They, these organizations want them to take a leap and be something more that we're not sure if they're capable of being. So maybe we get Dak a little more help. Maybe we get the problem with Zeke is his damn contract and the dead money. I'm sure you've seen that. Ooh, so, it's so bad. It's and now bad, you're right bringing right? Paul are breaking his leg, which is terrible. Who, like, what's the, you know, what's the downtime going to be there? I'm, you know, breaking his fibula. I, I can't play doctor. I'm mean, going to imagine it's going to be a very slow recovery. Um, You know, who, I don't know, Chief. I don't know his status. I really didn't look into it. But couldn't have been uh, a worse combination of things that happened here. Let's get rid of Mike McCarthy. That guy stinks. He's been bad, He's been bad since Aaron Rodgers was saving him in Green Bay. And uh, that's how I feel about that, by the way. So, what, I mean, look at it. Look, look. the Cowboys won a ton of games. And, uh, you know, maybe the NFC East wasn't as good as everyone wanted it to be because we saw these flashy records and things like that. Now I know the Eagles are great, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at – I don't want to, like, crap on the Giants or the Washington football team, whatever they're called these days. But, you know, uh, those were winnable games for the Eagles in Dallas, and I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't want to just dismiss the Dak thing. Get him a legit number two, bring back Amari Cooper, and then uh, and then we'll talk.
3: Another, another, you, you see what I'm saying though? Like, uh, it's, the front office can make or break a team with their version of how they think things should go, right? Now, maybe they felt like they had to pay Amari too much. I get it. But I think you saw uh, like the downside of what happens when you don't keep Tam. CD Lamb flourished, but he didn't have any help. I'm saying big time help. Like Gallup is a good number three, but he proved he's not a number two this year. CD's probably a one, a one B type receiver, right? But he still needs another guy. So everybody can eat that. It, it's, Look at what and happened in I, I have to go back to Philly. Look at Devontae Smith last year. Look at him this year with AJ Brown on the outside. Night and day. It, it, it's night and day. The, the type of looks he's gonna get.
2: And every offense, chief, in this era of football, every Batman needs a Robin. Like, I'm not saying Chase, I'm not saying Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins need someone of that caliber on each side of each other, because I think they're both number ones. And by the way, whether or not um, you know, one of these guys, whether or not T Higgins gets paid at some point, it's going to be an interesting development as well. I mean, it'd be good to keep them together with Joe Burrow, but who knows, you know, with how everything, with how everything works and, uh, financially like that. But, uh, in this era of football, every Batman seems to need a Robin. I mean, even Jefferson needs Hawkinson, um, you know, Thielen is yeah. whatever at this point, right? You said it, Devontae Smith needed AJ Brown. Now look, Devontae Smith had a better second half than AJ Brown. It opens up the coverage. It opens up everything in a league, Um, you know, stylistically where everyone's playing. Most teams are playing a similar brand of football other than the Titans. Um, You know, even in bringing in Juju for Kelsey was a big deal. Bringing in Valdez, scaling, investing in Sky more, having speed on the outside to let Kelsey have 13 catches for 85 yards or whatever it was. You know, these teams need a, a 1B and Gabe Davis didn't develop into that 1B for Josh Allen. And I think we saw that. Nobody on Dallas developed into that secondary option for Dak Prescott. I think we saw that. The 49ers. You have Debo, Ayuk, oh, and Kittle and McCaffrey, right? Like yeah. a wealth of weapons there. Absolutely. So <sighs> I think you need two playmakers on the outside in this league. Uh, and not just or an elite
3: league. slot guy and one on the outside. You gotta have mm-hmm. one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Uh, course. I mean, look, the Bengals, like, and let's talk about the Bengals, like, really quick. Like, Tyler Boyd can't even get enough targets (laughs) because of that team. And he's good at football. (laughs) Yeah, like, Tyler Boyd probably should be getting six targets a game. You know what he gets? Two, four. I mean, God, he should be frustrated, but winning cures all. And so when you're when you're pitching it to some of these receivers, like, for instance, a Brandon Cooks, who, in my opinion, probably isn't a number one anymore, but probably could play the slot and just burn teams to death. Right. Here's what you pitch to Brandon Cooks. Look, man, we've got our guy. But if you want to win a championship, we need you to come in and be this guy. How you mean to tell me taught? how did he not get traded the last two years? Just weird. I have no clue. But you mean to tell me the Cowboys don't call up and say, "Look, we want Brandon Cooks. Cooks, this is your role on this team. Or we Buffalo. got a shot. To... Correct. We got a shot to win a title if you come. Win a title. Or do you want to get paid? We're going to pay you, but we're not going to pay you what you want. And and that's the negotiation, right? Like, do, do you want the ring, or do you want your phone to ring? Which one do you want? Which, which one do you want?
2: Tell you what, you can have both if you take a proven deal and win a Super Bowl somewhere.
3: You can. You can. But I, I'm saying that, and maybe hopefully people understood my analogy there or, or my uh, mm-hmm. antidote maybe. But either way, the phone ringing is equating to being on a different team for the next few seasons. And after every deal, that phone's got to get picked up. You're going somewhere else. Or do you want to go to a team and submit your legacy in the rafters? Do you want the ring or do you want your phone to ring? It's up to you.
2: Well, I think we uh, should close this show out with some predictions and talking about these games at the end here. AFC or NFC, where do you want to go first?
3: Let's start NFC. They start at 3 o'clock. I'm going to make this very quick. Um. Hear me out here. I think he has a better coach than, than Nick Sirianni. I, I think the 49ers defense is the best defense that the, that the Eagles have, have ever seen this season. That they've seen this season. The Eagles are at home. 49ers are on the road. And this is going to be a tall task for Brock Purdy. Fly Eagles, fly. I'm taking the Eagles here. I know everybody probably thought I was taking the 49ers, but here's 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 my deciding factor: Eagles at home. I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. The Eagles' defense is good enough to make Brock Purdy not play at a high level this week. Give, give me, give me, give me the Eagles at home.
2: They are good enough, and they had a bye week and then they basically took their foot off the gas against the giants in a yeah. very a very low intensity type environment so stylistically it's a strange game and i think it's on the other side of i think it's a bit ugly and i did i did take the under 45 and a half and i think this is like 2417 like 2420 max I think both defenses are very good. Definitely tough. Gonna, game. I think we're going to see some drive stall out. I think we're going to see the Eagles play behind the sticks a little more than they're accustomed to, as well, though, because they want to run the football. Yeah, the I football want ball, like I
3: mean. Jake Elliott and Robbie Gold field goal props. So I need him to stall out. Jalen Hurts' legs,
2: his health, and his willingness to run is going to be the difference in this game. I think. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be able to run. I think. I think we're going to see like a handful of third and seven scrambles. That he picks up, that kind of makes a difference in the game. I feel like it's going to be super competitive heading into the fourth, and we just we just see that athleticism take at that position take the Eagles over the hump here, and they speak. Oh by. no!
3: Oh god! What? <laughs> Panthers are interviewing Kellen Moore. Wow. Why I mean, look, me. I, get, I get it. They're they're taking it like, do what you got to do to get Sean Payton. No more experiments right now, like Panther fans. We can't handle this, okay? Like people don't understand the Matt rule days were bad. It was so bad. Like, get us a competent coach here, man. Don't don't do this, please. Um, sorry, folks. That's I, I I keep the sports stuff going so I can always get the news. And I'm with you. I think Eagles win. I think the game goes under. <sighs>
2: two-and-a-half-point spread, I I think it's going to be a a close, dirty grind of a game, but I would take Philly right now, yes. Yeah.
3: Bengals Bengals Chiefs. Let's have it. Go ahead, buddy. I'm taking the Bengals. I'm I'm, I'm taking the Bengals yet again, and I need to get on SAO right now. Go ahead and write it up because I'm sure the Bengals are, once again, probably, I don't know, plus – Let me see. Hold on. Let me me figure out where we are here. If they've got it up.
2: Wrong. They opened at plus one and a half. They are two-point favorites on Caesars.
3: Ah. You can get them at minus one and a half on FanDuel. Okay. There it is. Well, I'm not taking minus one and a half this week. Um, I might just avoid it. Although I do think they win, I, I may take minus one and a half. Because I think they went straight up again. And this this doesn't have anything to do with Mahomes and the team. I once again, I think the Bengals just have the momentum, man. And that's really they got the juice right now. It's the same thing last year. Right? They're just they're on the upswing. I'm taking the Bengals.
2: I just want to know what Patrick Mahomes is doing this week, how he's feeling. I you know, I don't think six days is gonna make a world of difference. With whatever's going on in that ankle.
3: Well, he's going to keep a heating pad on there a whole lot. Yeah. A whole lot.
2: I hate to make for boring conversation here, but um, I think the Bengals win, too. I think the Bengals win, too. I know it's on the road. Ara is going to be crazy. Uh, it hasn't mattered. It really hasn't mattered for Cincinnati. They just played in Buffalo in the snow. Well, okay, go to Arrowhead. Maybe a slight step up in hostile environment. Slightly, but not much of a difference. They're dialed in. They're dialed in. And Joe's willingness to spread the ball out and find the open guy because we talked about it. He's got Batman. He's got Robin. And, oh, yeah, he has Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst if he wants them. And then there's Joe Mixon. So I think the Bengals do just enough to win this game. I don't think I'm gonna bet it either. That's tough. Yeah, goes to two and a half. I definitely wouldn't bet it, but I'll have to think about it. But I
3: think the Bengals win. I'm with you, Chief. Honestly, I, I don't mind Bengals minus one and a half. I don't mind it. I just wish I was getting them at like if I if so if it was like plus two and a half plus I mean yeah plus two and a half Bengals I'd be all over it. All over Because here's why. This game could very well end up like 28-27. Something stupid. But I still think Bengals went straight up. So
2: so the pod picks, Eagles, Bengals. That's the pot official pod picks for food for thought.
3: Yeah. Yep.
2: There it got is. Got anything for uh story time, buddy?
3: Or food of the day? Uh well, I think we'll be doing some. Tastings here coming up, some foods uh, for the for the catering at the at the uh, venue. Um, So I think I think that'll be coming up very soon. I'm pretty excited about that. Good guy, we're spending a lot of money. I mean, wow! Just listen, man. Getting married where where I'm getting married at in Charleston, which is a wedding destination tourist town. It's so bad, Luchs. Like we have to overpay for everything. If 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 I was doing this back home where I grew up my wedding would probably be one fourth of what I'm paying right now or have paid rather, but still like, good gosh, man. Just it's oof, so expensive, but it'll be well worth it in the end. Should have a good time. And uh after this tasting, I can't wait to tell everybody about it. It better be good for what we're paying. It, it better be good.
2: Looking forward to hearing it. Uh I'm pretty sure we're probably going to take a week hiatus uh, when there's the extra week between the Super Bowl, but we're gonna, as far as I'm, as I know, I think we're gonna come right back at you the week of the Super Bowl, and uh, I have a feeling we're gonna bring on a couple special guests that week, Chief. I'm looking forward
3: to it. I hope so. Uh, I can't. I can't wait for the closeout episode for the season. It's it's gonna be a good time if, the, if we can get these guys on.
2: We really can't thank you all enough for sticking with us all year. We know this is not. Your mama's podcast. I took your line. Yeah, it's
3: not. It's not yeah, your grandma's
2: the, either. We're the podcast at Roto Grinders that's like sticking the square peg through the round hole because we'll give, you <laughs> li- we'll give you a little bit of stuff that makes analytical sense. And then it's like, you know, let's just talk like we're at the bar or at the barbershop, you know? And sometimes you need that to hit the reset button. It's fun to talk about coaching and GMs and things that are actually happening in the league, I'm really, I'm honored and privileged that we have the opportunity to kind of take one of these shows here in the RG network. And I don't want to say go a little mainstream with it, but have that capability to talk a little bit about what's going on outside of, you know, the hundred yards in the football field for that week.
3: There it is. I couldn't have said it much better than that. I mean, I think that's what we shot for and hopefully everyone's enjoyed it. Um I know we have some hot and cold takes but listen we own them all. And uh th- thank you guys so much and then this Super Bowl episode should be a fun one if we can get our very special guests on. Stay tuned. Until then, until then you can check Chief out pretty
2: much everywhere. Prop shop, doing prop shows, scores and odds picks.
3: You're everywhere, aren't you? Yeah man, listen, props is my life now. I enjoy it. It's I'm I'm super passionate about it, you know. I I want to be the best prop player in the in the world, and uh, it, it takes dedication for that. And I'm getting better every day, and that that's my goal, Luke. Like if if we had a prop ranking, like you know, how RG's done the rankings for for DFL? I wish we had something like I'd be shooting for number one. I want to be number one. I don't. I just don't think we have something to quantify that per se, and that's okay. The best the next best thing i could do would be to get into the DraftKings kings betting championship if they have it and let's go compete and see how we do
2: i love it i love it kudos to your work so if you want to catch up some of some chief's content check him out with some of his props work until we're back at you for the super bowl i'll be doing some hoops content and some stuff at scores and odds um, and some nba dfs stuff at rg but we'll be back we'll be back for super bowl week we're gonna get out of here for the chief Bowl priester i'm the loose justin carlucci thank you all Stay well and good luck.